So that led me out of the church. Um, it wasn't a disconnect with God. It was a disconnect with how we do religion and the lack of compassion and empathy that I saw in the church, the lack of interest in practical love. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Summit, a podcast by Keen Church. This year, we've been working through a sermon series on prayer called As It Is, and it's been doing wonders for our community. One of our goals is to move beyond the sermon and the preaching and dive into deep conversations about faith and practice. In this episode, I got to talk with Caleb Isley. He's the digital content specialist at the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and is also the creator of Humans of Adventism and the co-host of How the Church Works, a podcast about how the Seventh-day Adventist Church works. Caleb and I have crossed paths over the past couple years in the digital ministry landscape the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'm excited to share the conversation we had with you. He and I looked at why prayer is essential and the very nature of asking for our needs to be met. If God already knows all that we need, why is it that we need to ask him? Let's go beyond the summit. So Caleb, thank you for joining me on Beyond the Summit. Uh, we're in this middle of this uh, sermon series on prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had reached out on Twitter looking for people to talk about prayer. Um, and you said, hey, I, I've, I've got something to share. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, but for those that may not know you, could you yeah. introduce yourself? Tell a little bit uh, about who you are, what you're up to, um, both previously and currently. Sure. My name is Caleb Isley. I'm from the Portland, Oregon area. And uh, I am kind of just a wild journey as far as like what I do. But um, short version is, you know, I was an English major in college, studying to be an English teacher, ended up taking an internship for a local newspaper. Uh, One of those free internships where they take all your work and don't pay you for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ended up doing over 100 articles for this paper in less than a year. Um, And so right during this time, I had grown up in the Seventh-day Adventist church all my life, generational Adventists going way back on each side and had had essentially stopped going to church and stopped believing in organized religion. Um, When I ended up coming back to church, uh, I took these journalistic skills and was kind of wrestling with that question that all of us that aren't teachers and pastors or healthcare workers kind of wrestle with in the Adventist church. And that is like, what is my role? And is it limited Mm -hmm. to passing out books, praying for people, being a deacon? Like, is there, is there more that we could be doing with our talents? Um, And so I was blessed to be part of a church that said, Hey, you know, we're tired of asking you to do things that you just say no to. Uh, What is, what's something Mm -hmm. that you would say yes to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of this kind of came together in a project called Humans of Adventism. Uh, Humans of Adventism mm-hmm. was a twice weekly, um, you know, storytelling uh, platform based on the big Humans of project that started with Humans of New York. And basically, mm-hmm. it was a non-theological uh, look at Seventh Day Adventist uh, lives and stories. Mm-hmm. And so that led into me kind of expanding into 
tons of creative projects, the How the Church Works podcast, worked on Justin Koo's YouTube channel for a while, um, and ultimately landed me where I am today as the uh, first ever digital content strategist for the Oregon Conference. So I am a full-time employee for the Oregon Conference, and I am in charge of all digital things, creative director for any project that we have, um, anything that goes online, my hands touch. Uh, And so... You know, part of that is kind of like a reporting job. I go out all over my whole conference, drive as many as seven hours away from my home, interview people, get pictures, uh, that kind of thing. And part of it is more administrative, uh, just making sure that we have systems in place where uh, Mm -hmm. people who work for the church know each other and can connect to each Mm -hmm. other. And uh, so, so that's my challenge every day. But, but I'm definitely a a on the go digital writer type person. Uh, and yep. that just has many arms. So I'm all over the place all the time. I've interviewed over 700 people, uh, since 2017. Wow. And so, yeah, I keep, I keep really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell, I see, uh, your travels on social media. You're always talking to somebody or traveling somewhere. Yep. Uh, yep. and I don't know how you keep up with it all. <laughs> <laughs> So a uh, question that's popped into my mind is you kind of uh, shared your journey from uh, being a part of the church and then kind of falling out and then kind of coming back in and being a part. Um, since mm-hmm. we're in this series on prayer, uh, what, if any, role did prayer play in coming coming back to a faith community uh, and kind of being nurtured back in? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, prayer is kind of an unbroken line in my life. Um, it's highly, highly mm-hmm. important in my life in the aspect of my constant communication with God, my constant Mm -hmm. awareness that there is a God of love that is in and present in every situation of my life. And so, you know, early on, there was a lot of guilt associated with that. It's like, oh, God saw me do this or oh, God saw me do that. And, you know, it would create this sense of fear. Um, As I've gone into my later 20s, early 30s, um, you know, there's just this comfort uh, I've started looking at the most loving people in my life and and realizing how little shame there is in that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, okay, if God is the best possible version of the best people in my life, um, I don't need to be scared of him. <laughs> you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's always, mm-hmm. always working on my behalf and is big enough for every mistake I could possibly make. And so, mm-hmm. I think that that... Um, I think even my prayer life led me out of church in the beginning. Uh, I viewed church as uh, an obstacle between me and God, as an obstacle between me and loving my neighbor. It looked like this time sink commitment where I was performing rituals over and over and over, but it was taking away from my ability, my energy, my resources to help my neighbor and to practically Mm -hmm. love the people around me. And so I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, wouldn't Sabbath be better if I didn't spend five or six hours, you know, getting dressed, going to church, going through the programming, staying after having the same conversation about the Sabbath school lesson? Like that's a big chunk of your day, right? It can be all day Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, What if I took that and I went out and found somebody who couldn't pay their light bill and and worked with them to come up with the money? What if I found somebody who's a shut in and, and helped around their yard, you know? Like all of mm-hmm. these practical ways of showing love, I was in a situation when I left the church where I was working literally every waking hour that I was not in school or sleeping. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Sunday through Friday, 
And so I have one day a week left. Do I commit it to more programming or do I commit it to practical ways of loving my neighbor or rest for my own body that I desperately needed? Um, Mm -hmm. And to me, a basic reading of the Sabbath said, church is taking away from your ability to minister how I set this up. So that led me out Mm -hmm. of the church. Um, It wasn't a disconnect with God. It was a disconnect with how we do religion and the Mm -hmm. lack of compassion and empathy that I saw in the church, the lack of interest in practical love. Um, Mm -hmm. But as I came back to church, you know, I began seeing the church as people who also needed help, um, especially with relational infrastructure. Um, Mm -hmm. I started looking a little more deeply at the people group that, that created me, the Seventh-day Adventist church. I mean, you know, my parents are a product of Adventist education. This whole thing absolutely was a laboratory that I was created in. Um, mm-hmm. And so, as I started looking at, okay, I have all these complaints with the church, and I don't see that many people working toward changing it. And so, I began to take ownership in just my role with organized religion. You know, what can I do to push us toward a more Christ-like state of being, a more Christ-like life? How can we adjust these teachings? You know, I would go back through the history of the church and I saw that the church was pushed out of many good things by peer pressure. Uh, We were pushed Mm -hmm. into racism. We were pushed into a lot more programming and a lot more rigid uh, belief in our own uh, you know, fundamental beliefs and all these different things. Mm-hmm. We were pushed into that by people with strong opinions and, and leanings. Couldn't we push, be, be pushed back toward Christ if enough mm-hmm. people were really wanting that? And so, mm-hmm. I think that God led me throughout all of this, you know, I'm asking like, what do you want for me, God? Like, what is my role? And I just kind of took the approach that I read uh, in Joseph's life where you know, Joseph in the story, in, in the Bible story, there are so many situations where he's given so little and he makes the absolute best, the most faithful choice, and he's given more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's literally how it's played out in my life. Um, every little piece of leadership, every little piece of influence, every small amount of resources, um, I have faithfully invested that back into my community, back into God's kids. And mm-hmm. Thankfully, at this point in life, you know, it's it's starting to come together pretty well. Um, but my issue with prayer is that I so implicitly trust God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if you have a parent that loves you unconditionally, that does everything they possibly can for your health and safety, we do have to ask for things. You do have times where you're like, hey, I'm hungry. I need to eat or I need to sleep or whatever. But why do we ask mm-hmm. a human parent? Because we assume they don't know. Mm-hmm. With God, I assume God knows my every need, not just today, but for the whole trajectory mm-hmm. of my existence. And I trust mm-hmm. that I don't have to verbalize what I need for God to be acting on my behalf. So, Mm -hmm. my question becomes, okay, I have this deep understanding of prayer as far as communication between me and God. I share everything, Mm -hmm. even my worst. I I feel safe and secure sharing that part of me with God and -hmm. with no shame attached to it. My question becomes, why ask? So, Mm -hmm. I very rarely in my prayer life ask 
God, I really need a second car because we have my wife and I and my brother-in-law, you know, using one car with three schedules because I assume that there may be a lesson here for me, that there Mm. might be some lessons in patience. There might be some lessons in kind of pacing my life to introduce me to the neighbors that I walk by on my way to work. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there, there Mm -hmm. might be an ultimate reason why this is better for me long-term or better for someone else long-term that I don't see. Right. And so it makes me hesitate to ask for anything specifically. Uh, Mm. So my prayer life is very much, you know, communicating what I'm going through, tons of gratitude. Uh, I mean, gratefulness pours out of me to God. Um, Mm. I have lived in much harder circumstances than I do today. And so every little thing that I have from a heated home (laughs) to a working car to, you know, my marriage every day, I am, I am unbelievably grateful to God for what he's given me. But Mm -hmm. you have these, these parts of the Bible that encourage us to ask, you know, it's Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty clear that it says, ask God. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, my, my full trust in God already doing all these things and my belief that God isn't arbitrary, that there's Mm -hmm. nothing about anything that we're asked to do that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. There's just missing information, right? There's things we don't know. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. a reason behind every single thing that God has ever said, and it is for our good. So -hmm. you have these two things coming together. And so when it comes to a certain aspect of prayer in the Christian community, you know, praying that we can afford something, praying that we, you know, somebody is healed, praying all of these different things, I don't understand why we need to ask. That's a, that's a heavy question. Um, and I think one I've wrestled with too, because I holding the same belief of God, you know, right. And you care. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that you're altruistic. I believe that you have my best in mind. Scripture says that you have my best in mind. And so what's that, what's that all about? I resonate with that. And I think a lot of people resonate with it too. Um, and what have you, what have you done to process that? Are you in the middle of processing that? Uh, are you content with that conclusion? I think both, you know, I, Hmm. I do not have an angst or like a, like a feeling like I'm not doing something right because of this. I'm Mm -hmm. very at peace with my relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. again, just trust that even if I don't understand, I'll be all right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I would say just in my, I, I'm I'm somebody who always asks questions uh, wherever I am, and especially of leadership. Mm-hmm. So in God's mm-hmm. leadership of my life, my question becomes like, okay, if my understanding of prayer is right, then why did you write all of these things to ask, right? Why, mm-hmm. if I believe that the Bible is your word, there's a lot of things that are disagreeing with me here, <laughs> or they mm-hmm. seem to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so... You know, I don't think that I have to figure it out for my own salvation to be a reality. But Mm -hmm. just in the wanting to know God more aspect and wanting to understand God more aspect, I think that will always be one of the goals that I'm pursuing. It's one of those mysterious Mm -hmm. aspects of faith that I have enough room in my mind to say there are things I don't know. And and I Mm -hmm. clearly don't understand this as well as Mm -hmm. I should, 
either mm-hmm. because there's something, you know, different about how I'm in, interpreting it or because there's something different in how I'm reading what, what they wrote in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so I think this has been one that I've asked every pastor I've ever had, um, every <laughs> Christian mentor, and I just really haven't gotten a satisfying answer to uh, that works mm. for my brain. And I think there's a bit of baggage here too. So, you know, I've had parts of my life, both as personally being well below the poverty line and living in really Mm -hmm. poor circumstances. And I spent two and a half years working in low income housing in one of the poorest states in the, in the United States, South Carolina. So Mm -hmm. I'm working in places Mm -hmm. that literally have like rat infestations in your home with babies, um, bed Mm -hmm. bugs and cockroaches. There are places that, Mm -hmm. you know, would violate every health code and they're just Mm -hmm. kind of forgotten because they don't have a system of protection for, for people. And I would work Mm -hmm. in these homes and these were incredibly faithful people. A lot of them. I mean, you'd Mm -hmm. you'd work for like somebody who is 70 year old grandma. I mean, has, you know, everything about her home is religious. She's prayerful. She can quote you scriptures. Mm -hmm. And she's in these desperately poor situations with no one looking out for her. Is she in that mm. situation because she didn't pray hard enough? No, absolutely mm. not. Right. Mm. And so there comes this, this itching in my brain where it's like, okay, so the people who are doing well have a better prayer life. No, that's not true. You know, mm. the people who didn't get healed in the car accident or from cancer, they didn't pray hard enough. No, that's not true. So, what do I do with the role of asking and how Mm. do I understand it in a way that's not going to make me blame God when suffering Mm -hmm. continues? I think that is perhaps the crux of the issue and what scholars may call theodicy or the kind of good God, bad world uh, intersection. If God is so good, why do so much bad things happen? And I ask and ask and ask and ask. And there's parables that Jesus Mm -hmm. tells about the persistent woman before the judge and you going to your friend at midnight asking for bread and you ask and ask and ask. And he says, because of their shameless audacity, they're given what they what they request. Um, but I've, I've been in those situations where a community of faith is praying and praying and praying and praying for a person and that person is not healed. And I've been in another situation where community of faith is praying and praying and praying for a person and that person is healed. And Mm -hmm. so I, I resonate with that dichotomy on, on one hand, it seems to work. The equation seems to check out on the other hand, it doesn't. And so Mm -hmm. there's, there's something, there's something deeper to our asking than just asking over and over and over again. Yeah. So how, how have you in a, maybe in a practical way as you go about everyday life, kind of thinking about the, the person that has a similar struggle as you how have you been able to kind of have a working understanding of this that allows you to navigate life without, um, without it being debilitating? Yeah, I think the, the place I most often come to is I, I ask for one particular thing, and that is the wisdom to know my role. Mm. Um, because I have no idea all of the details of every circumstance of suffering even mm-hmm. in my own life, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I grew up in an abusive situation and there's a lot I still don't know about that whole situation. And I may never know. Mm-hmm. But when I ask God to convict me of my role, 
at the very least, it does something as far as my posture, my priorities mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, it focuses mm-hmm. my attention on what I can do. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. And so I have both millennial peers and the generations behind me um, coming into this phase of life where they struggle a lot. Uh, not just with questions of faith, but practical things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do I afford to live anywhere? For example, mm-hmm. how do I find yeah. a job? How do I find a community if I don't trust the church? And mm-hmm. in so many situations, I have encountered people, either if I knew them a long time or just met them, that are struggling. And when I ask this question of God, what is my role? Uh, I feel like I regularly get whether it's a direct answer from God or it's just the act of prayers putting me thinking about it and prioritizing the person's life. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I end up more often than not being that person who is the ride to the job before you get your car, being the person who Mm -hmm. um, stands in for people who have no family (laughs) or, or grew up in an abusive one, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, being the person that, that takes you out for your first meal when I find out you move here. Um, Hmm. Over and over, the result of me asking God, what's my role, encourages a faithful and Christ-like mm-hmm. life in me in practical ways. And something that I've noticed is, especially for um, you know people who have grown up with the misuse of prayer, that practical mm-hmm. showing up makes a huge, huge impact on their life. It reminds me of the song. Um, I can't remember who it's by. It's either Brandon Heath or Matthew West, where the first part of the song is just kind of uh, crying out for there's all this injustice in the world. And I see this bad thing happening and this bad thing happening. God, what are you going to, why don't you do something about it? And God says, I've created you. Like you're, you're yeah. the answer. You're the hands and feet. Um, and I really resonate with that, with prayer being a posture setter. Um, for lack of a better term, uh, that it, when, when I pray, um, it, it gives me an awareness of the needs in around me, uh, and how Mm -hmm. I can be a support and how I can be the hands and feet of Jesus. And no, I can't, uh, necessarily come in and lay hands on somebody and they're instantly healed, but I can, I can give company. Um, I can, I can be the DoorDash or the, the Uber, like you said, to to bring a little bit of food, to give a little bit of, of rest. Um, I remember in the, uh, in the kind of when the, when the pandemic and 2020 was coming on and it was in that real in between phase of like, is this going to be a really big thing? Is it not? And kind of everything's mm-hmm. shutting down more and more and more and more. And we were operating a food pantry out of our church at the time. We still do. It's a, a monthly mm-hmm. food bank, uh, that they drop off the, the food at our church and, I remember as we're, I think we were about six weeks into the pandemic and it was at that time where everybody's losing their jobs and things are cutting down to just essential workers, et cetera, et cetera, that I was working the line of cars that was coming by to get food. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lady pulled up in an SUV and I think there were about six or seven kids in the car with her. And I began to just talk with her about what, uh, what, what was going on in her life and doing the intake registration forms and whatnot. And she's just with tears in her eyes was just so thankful to us that we were providing groceries for free um, because she as a single mom was working two jobs and had lost both of them. Didn't know how she was going to, you know, put food on the table for the next week. Didn't know how she's going to keep the lights on, um, keep from being evicted from where they were living because her income Mm -hmm. had just had stopped. 
And she says, I'm so thankful because you've given me about a week and a half break from worrying about feeding my kids. I know my kids will have food. And that gives me the time and the ability to go out and look for a new job and to, to find the income and provide for my family. And I think about as we, as we pray, God makes us aware, um, I think individually and also systematically or, or across organization about the needs in our community. And when we step up to the call, God works through us to answer the prayer of someone asking for something, we become mm -hmm. that answer. And I see God using us as agents in his divine will. He doesn't want to act autonomously. He absolutely yep. wants to act inside of history, inside of uh, the, the, the regular workings of everyday life of human beings. Um, and he more readily works through those who are open to him working through him than those that are closed off. And I think part of prayer like you mentioned, is is opening myself up to the leading of God, saying, God, you yeah. you 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 take my life, whatever I have to offer, my loaves and fish, and however you multiply them, you multiply them. But I'm here for 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 your purposes. Yeah, and and if that's the life that I get from these questions, I'm very content with that. You know, mm -hmm. um, something as simple as you know, I, I have a lot of people in my life that struggle with depression. When mm -hmm. I ask my role. My role is to be present with them as much as possible. It's not to mm -hmm. cheer them up. I mean, sometimes if I get the opportunity to get them in the car and actually get out of their house and, you know, then great. But but just the act of presence and and interest and curiosity about the person, a lot of times you do start to see change in them, not because you fixed the problems in their life necessarily, but you kind of gave them a little hope that they aren't as alone as mm -hmm. they were feeling. Mm -hmm. And there, there's just a lot of ways that this works out. And so, you know, I even ask myself, has God kept me from understanding all of prayer? Because the path I would take is a practical one, is showing up relationally in this mm -hmm. void that our, our church kind of has, where... Mm -hmm. We love throwing Bible verses. We love throwing doctrine. We love throwing all these ideas at people, but it's words, 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 right? right? And what people really right. need is us. It, it, it's yes. our attention. It's our investment. Yeah. It's our practical alleviation of suffering. Um, yeah. That's the side of the church that I feel like has withered so desperately. And mm -hmm. that maybe that's, that's just the calling on my life mm -hmm. is to help it grow again. I like that. I like that perspective. I also think uh, just something that's that's coming to my mind relationally for for some is the as you've described, you know, an individual that's going through depression um, that you may not be able to immediately provide relief for that person. And I wonder if that's analogous to our relationship with God. That for whatever reason, he's not immediately able to to respond in whatever we're specifically asking, whether it's a lesson mm -hmm. to be learned or we have an opportunity to serve someone else through our suffering, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if part of the journey in, our, in a further developing a relationship with God is being willing to ask, knowing that the answer might not come and that the, the role of asking is a further development of relationship. That even even if you know you're you're sitting there with your friend who has depression, or maybe you're the one that has depression, and someone is is sitting with you, the simple act of asking 
and mm -hmm. communicating the need, though no, nothing can immediately be done about it. It helps lift the burden or lighten the load just a little bit for the person that's going through it. And I wonder if that is is the same of our relationship with God and in, in, in prayer and in asking him for things. Yeah, I, I think I think this is something that's allowed me to hold on to my faith is this long view of God, right? Mm -hmm. That it's it's not about what happens immediately at all. And that just trusting that in the end, I'm, I'm working towards something really beautiful and, and purposeful and meaningful mm -hmm. through my faith. Um, this is all I want to do with my life, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and being taught over time, you know, I also believe that God is, is trying to almost do like a tutorial, a one-on-one class in, in who he is with us. Uh, mm -hmm. We have the opportunity to not just take him for granted that he is just good and exists and he's all there is and there's nothing else. But we've seen what the, um, those spaces and that history of not having God fully able and fully present, uh, through suffering. I mean, he is, mm -hmm. he is always with us. I don't want to say God's not omnipresent, but mm -hmm. there is, there are things that are not God and there are, events yes. and and circumstances and 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 places that we're seeing the absence of god in order mm -hmm. to allow free will and and choice yeah. and we're yeah. seeing the consequences of those things and in the end you know you think about anybody that you love just deeply unconditionally for that depth of love to exist there had to be something that you've come through there had mm -hmm. to be a long term learning um, mm -hmm. and, and you see it in, you know, somebody who get falls in love real quick, gets married, there's infatuation, right? There's, there's mm -hmm. that like emotion of like, wow, I really like being around you, but the long relationships where people are actually intimately close, those mm -hmm. are built on experiences and lessons mm -hmm. that you've seen that other person live through stuff. Um, yeah. and, and they have lived with you through mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a depth to relationship that's not possible for us without mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so, to be able to have our lives be the process of, of learning about God and learning that He is all of the good things and better mm -hmm. that we ever experienced and more, um, we have context now from, mm -hmm. from this fallen life in this fallen world that we wouldn't have had before. Yeah. And that takes an extreme level of trust and the willingness to know that God has our ultimate good in mind, even though there's mm -hmm. bad immediately in front of us. And I think sometimes too, that we give God too much credit for the bad things that happen in our life. And you kind of hinted at it mm -hmm. with the, the great controversy of the cosmic conflict theme, um, that there is an enemy and there is, mm -hmm. there are powers that aren't God and that aren't humans that um, interfere with our lives. Um, and that's that's a part of the sin-filled world that we live in. Um, and I think there's something beautiful that you've mentioned in just the the journey of of our lives, that our our lives, um, uh, the the outcomes of our lives are really God's answer to our prayers of where we, <laughs> where we go in the long run, uh, what Eugene Peterson calls the uh, long obedience in the same direction. Uh, that the the arc of our lives, how our characters are formed, the the people that we interact with, the relationships we have, both with uh, friends and family and with God Himself, 
um, that God's after the long-term formation of who we are and the long-term care, mm -hmm. the, the, the long-term, uh, I guess, endpoint or, or, or goal of our lives. He's not so much, he does care about the details, does care about the little things, but in the grand scheme of things, those become very small to com compare to uh, what, what Paul talks about in, in his letters about the ultimate glory that one day we will experience, that the pain and suffering we have now is so small compared to what we will experience in the future. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing some some insights into that and wrestling through uh, kind of a, a tough a tough topic, and I think one that mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of apropos. We'll spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have any um, final words of encouragement to someone who uh, may be going through a tough time or has been um, praying, 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 not hearing answers, or yeah. someone who, like yourself, doesn't doesn't feel the need, like God knows, and so I'll leave that up to him. What word of encouragement would you share to somebody listening um, that may be going through that? I just think that we've got to be comfortable always being in the middle. Um, you know, we read our Bible stories and and it's like a lot of sermons, they rush to the redemption part, they rush to the end part, they rush to all of the lessons that this person learned hmm. in their entire life all at once. And and for those of us who are still in the middle of our lives, um, that's a lot of pressure. You know, it's like asking you, okay, what are you going to have accomplished when you are 70 years old? You don't know, mm -hmm. right? You have goals and that's great. But I think that as Christians, we need to be a little more humble and be a little more uh, easy on ourselves for being in the middle of this long, long process of mm -hmm. life and, and spiritual formation and getting to know God and, and develop our faith. Um, you know, if you if you took anybody in the Bible, understand that there are points in their life where they didn't see the end. You know, mm -hmm. we just get to mm -hmm. see the end because we're reading it. But you take mm -hmm. Joseph in prison, he didn't know he was going to get out. Yeah. You know, he didn't know yeah. all of the, the things that were coming in his life. Each individual step, he only saw what was there and that God was with him. Mm -hmm. And and I think that, you know, you could go through Paul's life. How many years, even decades, uh, was he standing, you know, watching God's people be persecuted? He didn't know that he was going to have some transformation, mm -hmm. you know, and yet by the end of each of these lives, so many things have, have happened to these people. And they've learned so much and they've seen God at work. But but we have this condensed view where we want all of that right now when I'm mm -hmm. 31, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and God is fully capable of working with each stage of our life and with us not knowing everything. Yeah. Um, if you just think about the person that you trust the most, maybe, maybe some people don't have people that they really trust that much. But if you can imagine then, somebody that you can say absolutely anything you've ever done, anything you've ever thought, and you can just be open about who you are and you will still be wanted and chosen and valued mm -hmm. and loved. Mm -hmm. uh, that's God. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that ultimate force of comfort and peace is God. Mm -hmm. And so wherever you are, I think just take that pressure off to know everything. Be comfortable mm -hmm. saying, I don't know, here's where I'm at right now. Um, and I think that just in general, in a more and more skeptical world, uh, that approach actually is relational as well. Uh, it's mm -hmm. bonding mm -hmm. for somebody to mm -hmm. say, I don't have all the answers. Here's why yeah. this is important to me, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I haven't figured it out either. 
in a way it's it's taking the pressure off of ourselves um, that we don't need to have all the answers and that part of the journey is just asking the questions whether the answers come or not um, I think mm-hmm. that that's beautiful and that's that's an encouragement to me and that's what I'm taking away from from this conversation uh, and I, I appreciate your insights in that front so Caleb thank you so much uh, for for joining us on this episode yeah thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs>